0: Hello and welcome to the podcast. Adrian Rogers once said, It is better to be hated for telling the truth than loved for telling a lie. Not that I want to be hated, but it is better telling you the truth as opposed to telling you something you want to hear. If you have been blessed by this podcast, I would ask you to consider the following. First, would you please like and share this podcast so others may benefit as well? Secondly, prayerfully consider becoming a sponsor of this podcast. Your support to The Truth Must Be Told will allow me not only to keep making podcasts and maintaining the website, but your support will also make it possible to level up this program to new platforms so that the Word of God can go forward and reach as many people as possible. You can make your gifts to paypal.me slash and if you listen to the show on Anchor.fm, you can click the support button. You can also listen on iHeartRadio and view the podcast on Facebook and Instagram. Thank you for your support. And please keep listening to The Truth Must Be Told. Why is there a crisis on the border? Why is America losing its morality? We'll take a look at some answers along with a powerful message from a pastor today on The Truth Must Be Told. He's just ignorant. He doesn't know any better than to tell the truth. It's the truth. I just want to report the truth. It will be a nice change of pace. When in doubt, tell the truth when I tried to tell the truth, and it kicked me off the air. You can't handle the truth! And now, speaking the truth, even though it hurts. Here's the host of The Truth Must Be Told, Sal Passos. Hello, hello, hello. And once again, welcome to the podcast. Before we get started, I want to give my son, Eric Passos, a plug. I mentioned a couple of weeks back that he passed his test for his realtor's license. Well, he got it. And if you're in the Connecticut area and need to sell your home or buy a new home, please give my son a call. He's hooked up with Century 21 and is doing great. Now, you can reach him at area code 203-893-6337. That's area code 203-893-6337. And again, congratulations, Eric, and please give him a call uh, if you're uh, definitely interested in selling your home or you want to uh, do something, uh, 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 purchasing a new one, you know, get some of that investment property going. He'll be glad to help you out with that. All right, so back to the show. There's so much turmoil right now in America. Uh, It seems like politicians are losing their minds if they haven't already lost their minds. Many things are happening, and we are forced to look at things with a puzzling eye. What is going on? You know, today I was a little upset because I saw a video uh, that came from the border wall. There were these two coyotes, and if you don't know what they are, they are are people who smuggle people into America illegally. But they tossed two girls, both toddlers, over that 14-foot wall and ran away. Now, these girls were left with no resource. Now, they're all right, thanks to the Lord, but what would make people do such despicable things? What makes it worse is that the current administration denies that there's a problem on the border. They have banned all cameras from the holding centers, and from what I'm understanding, children are piling up like cords of wood. And the reason for the ban on the reporters? COVID. We have to respect others' privacy and Things about COVID. You know, they use that excuse more than anything else, and it gets frustrating. But it doesn't surprise me that these issues are out there. It seems to be that when evil men take charge, they want to hide the evil things they do. For if those deeds were brought out into the light, it would expose them for what they are. And it's just so much going on, it's just craziness. Uh, mass shootings are on the uh, rise. This article I, I pulled from CNN, it's by an, uh, Madeline Halcomb states that at least 20 mass shootings have taken place in the two weeks since the Metro Atlanta spa attacks. Now, you remember that? And a guy attacked those Asian, uh, and we talked about that too on the show. The guy attacked the, um, the um, massage parlors. Because they were forcing him to do evil? Come on, seriously? Um, But yeah, she says here that uh, the incidents have stretched from California to Washington, D.C. and have left multiple people dead. Uh, The analysis, she says, is that a return to normal in America means a return to violence. Well, here's some of the ones that that she talks about. She listed at least 20, so here's one. March 31st, which was yesterday. Orange, California. Four people were killed, including a child. Uh, another person wounded in a mass shooting at an office complex in Orange, California. Five people were shot on the same day in Washington, D.C. The incident started as, started as a dispute and ended with two people dead and three injured. March 28th in Cleveland, Ohio. Seven people were shot at a Cleveland nightclub. How do you like that? Uh, let's see. March 28th in Essex, Maryland. A man fatally shot his parents before shooting three people in a convenience store. Killing two of them. March 27th in Chicago. Now there's a surprise. I think I'm going to have a heart attack from that surprise. Four people were shot in in Chicago's South Austin neighborhood, according to CNN affiliate WBBM. All right, so here's another, um, that's another one. March 27th in Yazoo City, Mississippi. Seven people were injured in a mass shooting in a nightclub. March 27th, River George, Illinois. A shooting on a party bus left three people injured and one dead. And there goes my dreams of running a party bus, right? March 26th, Virginia Beach, Virginia. Three shootings in the city left eight people injured and two dead. Okay. March 26th, oh, Chicago again. A gathering in Chicago's Wrightwood neighborhood turned into a mass shooting. Two gunmen opened fire inside a... Inside the gathering, wounding seven people and fatally shooting a 26-year-old man. March 26th, Norfolk, Virginia. Police responded to a shooting that left four people wounded. March 26th, Memphis, Tennessee. Five people were shot in Memphis. Three victims were pronounced dead at the scene. Two were transported to the hospital. Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, the city of brotherly love. Outside the golf and social club, Two suspects shot seven people. Aliceville, Alabama, even down here in Alabama, we're not uh, we're not immune to such violence. Shooting reported in the Aliceville home in an Aliceville home left two people dead and two injured. Boulder, Colorado, Ten people, including a Boulder police officer, were killed in a shooting at King Super's supermarket, according to police. I have to check that because I have a friend that was a police officer in Boulder. I have to check, make sure he's okay. Uh, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, another city of brotherly love. One person was killed and another five were injured during a shooting at an illegal party. I don't know what that means, an illegal party. I have no idea, but there you go. Dallas, Texas. Eight people were shot, one fatally by an unknown assailant, according to police. March 20th, Houston, Texas. Five people were shot after a disturbance inside a club. March 18th in Gresham, Oregon. Four victims taken to the hospital after a shooting in the city east of Portland. March 17th in Stockton, California. Five people who were preparing a Virgil in Stockton were shot in a drive-by shooting. March sixteenth in Atlanta, eight people, including six Asian women, were killed when a yeah, you know, we know about that, the white gunmen stormed in. So that was the uh, that was uh, the twenty. imagine that. okay, so what is the what is going on here? These incidents have been thrust in the news once again. Now, from a patriotic viewpoint, it can be argued that these are staged in hopes to rally the public to get behind gun confiscation. And that may be the case, but I will not discuss it here at this time. All right, from a biblical point of view, however, it takes on a new meaning. Excuse me. When his disciples asked Jesus, what will be the sign of your coming and of the end of the age? He laid out many things that would happen. He said there'd be wars, rumors of wars. There'd be earthquakes and, and pestilences in various places around the world. But he did say this. He says, because of the increase in wickedness, the love of most will grow cold. And we see that a lot. We see that a lot. Why would two men dump two innocent children over a wall? Because the love of many, or love of most, will grow cold. Jesus told us this. The Apostle Paul told us that um, in 2 Timothy 3, verses 1 through 5, but mark this, he says, but mark this, there will be terrible times in the last days. People will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money. Do we see that today? People love themselves. People love money. Boastful. Look what I've done. Proud. Mm-hmm. Abusive. Wow. Uh, yeah, that's really a good one. How many abusive Uh, husbands out there that we have that have abused their wives. Let's just take it from that point of view. There's more types of abuse, but let's just look at that one. Disobedient to their parents. Oh, Maron. If I were to talk to my parents the way these kids talk to parents today, I wouldn't be sitting here right now. Ungrateful. Oh, yeah. Well, we see that. Unholy. Without love. Wow. Unforgiving. Slanderous. Without self control, people will slander other people. Look what happened to Donald Trump for four years. All right. And that's just one. There's many out there. Brutal, not lovers of good, treacherous, rash, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. That's the porn industry going there. Pretty good, right? Mm -hmm. having a form of godliness but denying its power Paul says have nothing to do with such people it's a warning the meaning that we can conclude with this or from this is that we are in the end times there is no doubt in my mind that God is showing us this now if you study scripture you will see it too And that's why I encourage you to study, read the word of God daily and pray that God will comfort you during these perilous times because his return is very near. Paul had a lot to say about this. In 1 Thessalonians 5, he states, Now, brothers and sisters, about times and dates, we do not need to write to you, for you know very well that the day of the Lord will come like a thief in the night. Like a thief in the night, he said. What does that mean? Well, it means that um, if you knew, it means that he'll become unexpected. Because if you knew when a thief was coming to your home, you would be prepared. And you'd be ready. You wouldn't let the thief break into your home, right? But a thief doesn't announce his arrival. He doesn't text you and say, "Uh, I'm going to be at your house at uh, 3 o'clock in the morning uh, this morning. So just letting you know if you hear me coming in. No, he just shows up to rob you. Now, Jesus' return will be just like that. A surprise that will catch many, many people off guard. And yet he warned us. He warned us to be prepared. He warned us to watch. Apostle Paul told us to stay sober and watch. You know, pay attention to what's happening around the world. Pay attention. Because there's so much evil out there right now. We do see wars. We see rumors of wars. We see pestilences in places. Tsunamis. um, Plagues of locusts that are going on. All kinds of things that are happening out there. Droughts. All right? Freak snowstorms tornadoes, all this stuff is going to increase in the end times. And he said, be careful, be watchful, because you don't know. Jesus even said, he says, you don't know when the Son of God is going to come. You have no idea when the bridegroom is going to return. To so be ready, be prepared. All right, um, we're going to take a quick break here, and we'll be right back. All right, thank you, and welcome back. Now, I am still hearing a lot from Christians that are upset about the election. I thought about this. The elect are worried about the election outcome. Well, you know, I attempted uh, several months ago to comfort you with the fact that God is in control. Now, many have countered with, Sal, if he is in control, why in heaven's name did he let Trump lose? Well, I do my best to tell you, you know, that God knows what he's doing, he's in control, not to worry. But I found an interesting article, and I want to read this article to you. It's very poignant. Uh, It was written by a gentleman, a pastor by the name of Shane Eidelman. Now, he is the founder and lead pastor of Westside Christian Fellowship in Southern California. He's the creator of WCF, WCF Radio, and uh, his program, Regaining the Lost, points us back to God and reminds us that although times change, truth does not. Hey, sounds like you got that from me, huh? <laughs> well, his, his books, his blogs, and his sermons can all be found at shaneidleman.com. So if you get a chance to uh, to go there, I I did look him up. Man, their church is just dedicated to telling the truth about God's word. And we're going to read a little bit from this article. I did post this on the uh, on my Facebook uh, page for the truth must be told. You could find it there to read it. <clears throat> so this is the article. It's called "Why I Said Trump Could Lose and Why I Believe It Happened." Now again, just bear with me, okay? All right, so while, he says here, while many sincere believers were confident that Trump would be inaugurated, others were were prophetically sounding the alarm. As I said in my article, Donald Trump could lose in 2020, our gun safes are full, but our prayer closets are empty. The 2020 election is ours to lose, quote unquote. I witnessed plenty of Christians jockeying for positions, but very few calling for prayer and fasting. I saw an abundance of pride, but not much humility. Had Donald Trump been elected, the prideometer in many of our hearts would have been off the charts, mine included. God definitely humbled me. This is Shane Eidelman saying that, and I have to admit he did the same to me. <clears throat> God humbled me with uh, Trump losing the election. Um. Brother Edelman goes on and says, Notice I didn't say he had won, because I believe he did win the vote, but I also believe that God allowed fraud in order to wake us up. Throughout the Old Testament, from the conspiracy against King Joash to Athaliah's destruction of the kingly heirs, God often allows kings to gain power through deceit and deception to humble his people. And he says, cross-reference 2 Kings 11.1 and 12.20. How could our nation murder the innocent, mock marriage, elevate porn, and and deny the existence of something as basic and irrefutable as sex and gender and not expect judgment? It seems clear we are actually more depraved as a nation than Israel ever was, and possibly approaching the level of sinfulness we read about in the days of Noah, when the wickedness of mankind was great on the earth, Genesis 6. <clears throat> I just want to jump in here. He's right about that. I'm going to be doing an episode as it was in the days of Noah. So uh, keep keep uh, tuned in for that, because we're going to be discussing a lot of that. A lot of the things that took place in Noah's day, we're seeing again now. All right? Now, the up, upcoming elections will not fix our problems, uh, Brother Eidelman says. We will be gravely mistaken, disenchanted, and disillusioned, just like many are now, if we believe that. Granted, I desire godly l- legislation and God-honoring policies. We must contend for them, but we are too far gone to legislate change. Our nation, national crisis can only be fixed by returning to God. A spiritual awakening is our only hope. More here and there. Okay? Many, of, many are under the delusion that if they post enough comments on social media belittling the government, that somehow change will occur. But God doesn't say, that's a good tweet or a post, I need to do something. He looks at our willingness to seek him and forsake sin. Throughout his life, Abraham recognized his mistakes. David didn't make excuses for his sin. He owned it and accepted the consequences, Samuel, 2 Samuel 12, 13. <clears throat> the prodigal son didn't blame everyone else for his problems. Instead, he came to himself, Luke 15, 17, and he repented. Now, granted, it's much easier to post negative things about the current administration than it is to pray for them. I talked about that. My interjecting here, I talked about that. I said that it is so hard to pray for the current administration because you don't want them there. And <laughs> that's self-explanatory. It's easier to mock ungodly le- legislation than it is to weep and fast for the next generation. That's where the rubber meets the road. We change our nation by looking in the mirror. We see throughout the Bible that there is only One remedy to reverse the judgment of God. Repentance that produces a spiritual awakening. Are you listening? I'm going to repeat that. We see throughout the Bible that there is only one remedy to reverse the judgment of God. Repentance that produces a spiritual awakening. This season is definitely bringing out the best and worst of us. In us, excuse me. Many who call themselves Christians are embracing heretical theology and ungodly movements. It's quite clear they don't want to be convicted of the truth. And now, Jeremiah uh, 5.30-31 is a powerful, heart-wrenching reminder of this very thing. Quote, An astonishing and horrible thing has been committed in the land. The prophets prophesy falsely, and the priests rule by their own power. And my people love to have it so. But what will you do in the end? Unquote. These turbulent times are separating the wheat from the tares. To strengthen the church, pastors must become preachers again. A.W. Tozer hit the nail on the head when he wrote, If Christianity is to receive a rejuvenation, it must be from other means than any now being used. If the church in the second half of the century is to recover from the injuries she suffered in the first half, there must be, there must appear a new type of preacher. Unquote. Leaders should ask, Does the world love the way we do church? Does the world appreciate that our church never challenges anyone or anything? Am I proud that I never make members feel uncomfortable or offended? If so, you may want to consider Jesus' words— That true disciples will be hated by the world because they speak the truth, not because they avoid it. We must recapture our prophetic zeal and say, like Richard Baxter, I preach as a dying man to dying men. As a dying man to a dying nation, the Church and our nation desperately needs to be awakened, convicted, and restored church services often lack spiritual power. Prayer is glanced over, worship is designed to entertain, and the word is neatly sandwiched between a funny anecdote and a softly spoken message, if it is preached at all. If we truly want America to experience a spiritual awakening, the church stages must become altars again. Services can't be orchestrated down to the minute we need extended times of prayer and worship where God is truly sought. It is time to put away the clocks and the timers and wait on the Lord, even if that means missing the big game or a special event. Prayer can no longer be a footnote at the end of a sermon or a trite recital before a meal. Prayers must be primary priority across the land. We must return to prayer, real, fervent, expected power, pr- prayer that shakes heaven. Is this too intense intense or too extreme? Look around. Murders are increasing. The suicide rate is escalating. Sexual perversion is skyrocketing. And killing innocent children is applauded. The last 30 years of seeker-sensitive, don't-step-on-toes, let's do a survey of what people want to hear. Christianity has increased the rate of decay by removing the sharp sting of God's truth. The problem is not this message is too intense is that we have become too soft and too weak to bear the strong medicine of God's truth. Now let me close with some encouragement, Pastor Eidelman says. Even in the midst of judgment, you have been called for such a time as this. God knowingly and purposely put you here at this exact moment in history. Get up, dust yourself off, and go to war on your knees. Allow sadness and hopelessness to drive you to the cross. God will meet you there and rebuild the ruins. That's a promise that he will never fail. Wow. Wow. He said exactly what I've been trying to say. Don't let this thing that's happening discourage you. Let it drive you to the cross. Let it drive you to your knees. Let's get down <clears throat> with God. Let's get on the road to repentance. Let's get this done, done right. Okay, the, 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 the point of his message here was that the loss separated the wheat from the tares. All right? This loss, people have just totally either given up on God... Or have gotten stronger. If you've given up on God, yeah, you're the tares, you're the weeds. You've got to get pulled out and go. Because the wheat is sunk in there great, and they know that God is in control. And they're going to the altar and they're praying. The other thing that he struck home with, with me that really touched me was that the stage must be an altar again. And I have spoke about this once before. The church has become too complacent, too politically correct. Pastors are getting their sermons online. They follow teachings of wolves in sheep's clothing that lead them astray from the message of the cross. Yeah, we do surveys to see what the people want to hear. Well, gee, isn't that funny? The Bible says that they will bring unto themselves teachers that will tickle their their itching ears to say the things they want to hear, not the things they need to hear, which is the truth of God's Word, period. You don't need pastors coming down a slide cord dressed as Batman landing on the stage. We don't need motorcycles jumping across the stage. We don't need to take secular movies and use their titles for sermon series. You guys are mocking the word of God. Probably the most dramatic thing I've ever heard about was when Billy Sunday, well, I guess he used to, he played baseball, became a preacher, and he was known for running the bases. I guess he could run the bases in 15 seconds or some ridiculous amount of speed like that. But when he was called up to preach, he would come and slide into the pulpit. Get people stirred up. They weren't looking at him. They were looking at the Word of God. And he preached repentance, not some analogy about baseball. I think it's either time to do, as Pastor Eidelman suggested, that we make the stage an altar once again and call people to prayer, tell them that they're sinning and they're on their way to hell if they don't repent and accept Jesus into their life. Or we need to t- it's time to put the, the word Ichabod over the door of most churches. And the name Ichabod means the glory has departed Israel. We say the same thing about the churches. The glory has departed. Christians, it's time to pray for our leaders. Let's stop criticism and hit our knees. Nothing will change without prayer. And I dare say you will not change without prayer. I will not change without prayer. We need to spend time in prayer. We need to spend time Seeking God and praying for our leaders. Pray for a revival to strike through this land like a wildfire. The great days of revivals was incredible to see what God did. Revelation 3, verses 1-3. through 3. <clears throat> To the angel of the church in Sardis, write, that at that time I will come to you listen here's the thief thing again wake up strengthen that which is about to die okay and Jesus said here I found your deeds unfinished he says remember therefore you what you have received and heard that you're known for being alive but you're dead churches that were once on fire for god on fire are now nothing more than politically correct houses of social whatever. Stop it. Get on fire. Get filled with the Spirit of God. Pray. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Church, wake up. Wake up. To you Christians out there, wake up. Let's stop this nonsense on social media. Mocking, yeah, and I'm guilty of it too. Hand raised, guilty as charged. I'm not going to do it anymore. Let's stop it. Let's profess the gospel that Jesus came and died for sinners, of whom Paul said, I'm chief. Yeah, I'm the chiefest of sinners. And Christ came and died for us. While we were yet sinners, he died for us. He shed his blood. He, you remember the show I did the other day <clears throat> on Easter? He was beaten severely to a bloody pulp. And he hung on a cross so that you and I could have entrance into heaven. And if you reject that, you're on your way to hell. Plain and Simple. It doesn't matter what church you go to. It doesn't matter that you attend Mass every Sunday. It doesn't matter that you've been baptized. It means nothing. It means nothing. Your relationship with Jesus Christ is the the thing. If you will confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Baptism and all other stuff, is is secondary, all right? Now, I don't want to hear arguments from people. So, the Bible says to repent and be baptized. Yeah, okay, that's true. But what about the thief on the cross? Did he have time for that? I don't see anywhere in Scripture where he was taken down, baptized. And Jesus said, today you'll be with me in paradise. Okay, shoot your whole argument down right there, that one, one passage of Scripture. doesn't say re- repent and be Baptist. doesn't say that. doesn't mean that you're not going to get saved if you don't get baptized. It's an ordinance of the church. Yes, it's very important. But it's a public proclamation of your conversion. If you die before you're baptized, you're going to heaven. You're not going to go to hell. Stop it, you Christians. Stop it. Stop the arguing with one another about stupid stuff. Let's get on the ball and start thinking about what it's like out there in the world. Let that drive you to your knees and go to God. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to get off on that, but man, it just hit home with me when I was reading this. Read, read that article. So many things that I have been screaming about for years. Pastors not preaching the blood. I was told by one pastor I was under, and I asked him, why do you never preach on the blood? We've been in that church for two years. Why didn't you preach? Why do not you ever preach on repentance and salvation and preach on the blood and the cross? He said, because it might offend somebody. Those were his words. It might be offensive. Pastor, the cross is an offense. I love you, brother, but Time to wake up. Don't want Ichabod written on your door. You're doing too good of a work out there. Of course, I don't know what you like now. I haven't seen you in a while. But stop. Preach the gospel. The Bible says be ready to preach in season and out of season. Always to be prepared. Now, for you who are not preachers, that doesn't mean you go stand on a street corner. If God hasn't called you to that, don't do it but you can show the love of Christ and share Jesus with those around you. Get a heart for the lost that are there. There are so many that are lost, that are in need, that are in want, and you have the answer. Stop listening to preachers on the radio, on TV. Pick up your Bible. Open it up and read it. And pray to God that he He wakes you up and allows you to see what's in here. Because this is his truth. Not telling you that there are nine gods. Oh, by the way, I happened to find my folder. Let me put this up here so you can't see this on the TV. It's about an inch thick. And I got this... Um, about uh, counterfeit revivals, about, uh, oh my goodness, uh, uh, you know, about many of these false teachers that are out there. And uh, I, I'm, I'm going to someday, as you see, there's a lot to reread again about these false teachers and the things they teach. And they, they pull you astray. Stop it. Don't listen to these men. If they're not preaching the gospel, And Paul said, if anyone comes to you, whether it's me or an angel from heaven, and teaches a gospel to you other than what we've taught you, let him be accursed. That's strong language. Okay? He says, I said before, so say now again. He just said it. If anyone comes to you with another gospel other than what you've heard, let him be accursed. Okay, he's it. It's it's you. You got to get strong for the Lord. Spend time studying Scripture, memorize Scripture, get it in your head. Now, if you're not a Christian, I implore you to seek after God. If you need more information on how to become a Christian, or you have a prayer request, please reach out to me at thetruthmustbetold.org. There's a link there that will let you send me a message, put it in the uh, subject line, what it is you want. Please, please, please let me know. And again, if this, if this uh, podcast has been a blessing, please don't hesitate to, uh, you know, to give a donation or a gift if you can. That's all I'm going to say. Totally up to you. God will sustain it one way or another. But he's people out there that can help. Because the truth is getting out there. The truth must be told. It really is. It has to be told. Because today the truth's not being told. Okay. I love you. Bl- love you guys. I wish you well. God bless you. We'll see you the next time on the truth must be told.